All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today once again, as always, in the Blockhouse Season 4. Oh, my God. With Kelly. How's it going, Kelly? Oh, I feel loud. That definitely echoed. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> on our soundproof walls. Yeah. But man, we've we just should. never been bothered God, to do. It's been four years and we... Hey, we've been in different places. That's true. Blockhouse, but we've been here for like two years bunker. almost. So. Yeah, it's true. No, it's definitely just... did a whole season and we'll do another whole season here. With, so with no. Well, maybe we'll get better. Maybe once we're done here, mm. we'll set it up. Anyways, Kelly, <laughs> what are we doing here? I don't know. We've only done a hundred episodes of a Bob Dylan podcast. That's right. This, this is why we're here. It's Bob Dylan. The hundred and first episode. Hundred and first episode. We said we were going to do it and look at us. We're doing it (laughs) fucking crazy. (laughs) So as I said, this is a Bob Dylan podcast. If you haven't been here before, it's not your typical Bob Dylan podcast. We choose a song at random. So last season we listened to Dirge. We had our Christmas special and we chose at random. The perfect start to a new season. Uh, Kelly and I spent the entire week with a song of any era. And if it's a record, we spend a whole week or two listening to a record. And then at the end of the week, we create a public playlist uh, that you can go see for yourself. We talk about it and we get together to discuss the song in question. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the vault number that you emerge from in Fallout 3. No shit, Vault 101. And this week, as I said, we listen to the wonderful... New morning off of New Morning. Hey, can't you hear that rooster crowing? Rabbit running down across the road, underneath the bridge where the water flows through. So happy just to see a smile underneath the sky blue. On this new morning, new morning, on this So, Kelly, let's talk about the song. There's not a whole lot of context uh, in this case right here. Uh, he recorded it. Uh, the song that we, the version we listened to, uh, all the versions, actually, uh, we listened to were from June 4th, 1970. He did uh, this song in three takes. Take number three is the one on New Morning. Uh, he recorded it again on July 13th, 1970, uh, where the strings were played. But those string, the string version is is all overdubbed. So that's just put in to one of the versions that he played earlier on the 4th. So I don't know if it's the exact version with strings or if it's one of the outtakes with strings. I, I wasn't able to figure it out. Uh, but Bob Dylan, of course, is on guitar. Charlie Daniels on bass. David Bromberg and Ron Cornelius are also on guitar. Al Cooper, of course, is on organ. And Russ Kunkel is on the drums. He's played this song 79 times total from April 1991 to August of 2006. So, Kelly, we listened to those two versions of the song. Which one strikes your fancy the most? So, when you say with strings, you mean like the horns? Version. The horns, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, there's definitely on Spotify, there's the regular album version and then a version with a horn section. So, there's yeah. like brass and the bootleg Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, I, I prefer the horns version, honestly. I think this song is so poppy and upbeat that the horns really push it up even further and brighten it even more. That, like, it's undeniably like a pop song. I feel like I could hear. Because I'm old, this is my current reference. Like Gwen Stefani, a la like uh, that song "Sweet Escape." Okay. 
My whole world, name and your favorite girl. How old is that song? <laughs> Probably like 10 years. Akon's on it, so there's <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> Up to date references. <laughs> or like Bruno Mars or like anybody, like For Pharrell, Pharrell, like uh-huh. the, just something about those big brass yeah, yeah. accents in a pop song. Sure. Like give it a more theatrical and dynamic sound to it that just make it sound optimistic by nature. I don't know what it is about a brass section, but it's like time to party. Well, the so. song's pretty anthemic, you know, so popping some drum or popping some horns on that is yeah. always going to be So I like better. better. But I mean, it's, it's interesting because you can, I tried to figure out too, if it, if it was just the album version with, I mean, it says horns overdub, so it, clearly they yeah. weren't playing it live, but, but I, it was musicians definitely li- listening to the track and, yeah. and playing over top, but couldn't quite tell if it was exactly that take or yeah. not either. So. And all three were probably pretty similar, similar yeah. so it's like whatever. But yeah, no, I, I, I there was a there was a post on Reddit where they were talking when when the Blue Lake Series Volume Ten came out or around then. They were talking about those horn versions because there's a couple of other songs that have horns overdubs of the versions that we know versus this. And he made a good point, the guy, whoever was posting, and he did like an alternate listing because Bob Dylan fans love to do that. Like, what could New Morning have sounded like if he had chosen those songs? Huh. And he was like, how did this not lead the album? Like, because it's such a great fucking song. Can you imagine like pop this in and just have the horns blasting? Yeah. Like, that's a fucking New Morning right there. It does lead side two, right? So it's right. like so you it's flip it over. Like the beginning of something. Right. And so and then you go from this to arguably one of his best songs ever. The titular song of this podcast, Sign on the Window. So that one-two punch is fucking iconic. But it's side two. Like, hmm. the last song you heard before that was If Dogs Run Free. <laughs> so it's like this weird, like, what am I even, like, listening to? You know, you sort of, like, limp into the end of side A, flip it over, and then you get, you know, even this version, the the one without the horns, is excellent. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I do believe, and I would love for somebody to tell me if I'm correct, Right at the bridge of this song, during the regular album version without the horns, there is a horn sound that goes Ooh. in that, that when that goes that minor. Nah, nah, nah. There, and someone's credited on this album playing French horns Ooh. or playing the French horn. I can't remember. So okay. one of the personnel on this track, I do believe, there's a brief moment during the bridge. We haven't talked about the lyrics yet, but the the night passed away so quickly. It always does when you're with me. It's like wah, wah, wah. so. I'm pretty sure. Passed away so quickly. It always does when you're with me. And you feel it. Could it be Al Cooper? It's, I mean, it's one of the pre- people playing other stuff. Yeah, it's not like yeah. it was. And then this one guy came in to suddenly play the French horns so quietly that you cannot be sure that it actually happened. I love the music. I think that, that this is just such a fun, uh, playful song. And Al Cooper, the organ, is so good. And I love listening to it with headphones because you can really hear the stereo. You get the guitar plucking off in your left mm-hmm. ear or whatever. And then you've got the happens. rest of it going, Ugh, so... It's dreamy. It sucks when you only have one earbud in, but when you actually sit down and that's give how it, I listen give it a minute. most of the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I recommend you gotta listen to it with headphones for sure, at well, least that's, once. That's you know. the fucking what's the, what's the word mission statement of the podcast? Take a second to actually listen because I'm a huge fan of passive listening. I absorb most things passively. I feel like a lot of people do yeah. these days just because we're so fucking busy. You got to multitask, man. You got to be doing six things at once. Otherwise, what are you even doing, you lazy bastard? It's true. Uh, so having a reason to stop for three and a half minutes and like yeah listen 
with both earbuds in. And, and really listen. Good with decent ish headphones. They don't have to be super good. Just spend no, like twenty five no. bucks. Yeah, totally. Make sure you're on the stereo version. Turn just, your phone off so it's not automatically monoing it, which is what I you know, you have to turn it on to have the one earbud in or whatever, just so you can hear everything. Otherwise, most of the shit I listen to from the '60s and stuff is all stereo. Right. Yeah. It's automatically stereo, not mono. So, uh, so yeah, you got to just like it just takes a little extra steps, little thought experiments you got to do, but it's well <laughs> worth it because that's so much fun to listen to in both ears. And even like there's this moment at the end where it feels like the, the guitar isn't even being held down all the way; like the strings are almost like. It's like if you're playing guitar bad, like your your fingers are on the. Oh, fret. it's all rattling. It's just like mm-hmm. wonderful. And whoever's uh, plucking the acoustic guitar at one point is like really hitting those strings hard. Yeah, people have have said that it's amateurish. Like it just sounds like you're just fucking walking in and just fucking like plucking away with no fucking. Tell that to corn bassist Fieldy, okay? Because he's a goddamn virtuoso. Oh my god. Let's talk about the song. In Chronicles, Bob Dylan devotes a whole chapter to New Morning. Uh, the song? Yeah. So, Oh Mercy, oh. New Morning are some of the ones that he really... No, not the song. The oh, album, the album. The making of the album. Uh, so, at the very end of the chapter, he mentions the song New Morning. Otherwise, it was just kind of like his life in the 1970s. Uh, he said, quote, at the end of the in Chronicles, he said, quote, I had just heard the song New Morning on a playback, and I thought it, it came out pretty good. New Morning might make a good title, I thought. And then I said that to Johnston, Bob Johnston, the producer. Johnson said to him, man, you're reading my mind. That'll put them in the palm of your hand. They'll have to take one of them mind training courses that you do when you're in your sleep to get the meaning out of that. Exactly. And then this is Bob again. Exactly. And I would have to take one of them mind training courses to know what Johnson meant by saying what he just said. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess this gets, this gets to my big question. And the internet has also grappled with this too. And I think grapples with it with... Uh, Nashville Skyline, New Morning, and maybe to a lesser extent, John Wesley Harding, is like, how earnest Mm. is Bob Dylan being? And um, how ironic is he? Is this making, are we not in on the joke? Like, what does that mean? You'll have the meeting out of the palm of your hand. What does Bob Johnston know that we don't? Because when I hear this, I hear earnestness. Absolutely. I hear this is somebody who's being fucking real, but what does that mean? These, if we name it New Morning, they're going to eat out of the palm of your hand. Is that just a larger statement? Is that something weird? Because even Bob Dylan was like, oh, does he think that I'm, does he think that I'm making fun of this? So many like, layers. I know, so many layers upon layers. Like, is this about a bucolic pastoral setting or is this uh, a joke that we're not in on? So I didn't even consider that it might be a sarcastic look at, or so the only reason I even thought that this was anything other than an earnest, like, I'm just in a good mood, writing a song about being happy and an ideal life right. uh, until I read the Wikipedia page just briefly for the song. So I could kind of get, um, get the person out. Cause I was like, what is that fucking horn again? So there was only one sentence about this track specifically. And it called whomever wrote the Wikipedia entry yeah. said it was a rye take on country life, which made me have to look at the word the definition for the word rye. Cause I'm like, doesn't that mean like sarcastic? I was like, right. sure enough does. I was like, Oh, 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 is this in fact like, a patronizing look patronizing on look. a country lifestyle. It's tough because they're just like, we get, you know, remember man gave names to all the animals? Like, we got rabbits here. We got groundhogs here. Like, we got <laughs> roosters crowing. Like, it's it's so duh. And, like, there's an auto, like, literally an automobile drives down the street. Like, a car drives down the road. Your smile is dope. I like you. <laughs> the sky is blue. That's literally all that happens. <laughs> In an entire verse. 
I know. And I was like, weirdly, it's set at the turn of the 20th century because automobiles are a new fad right. or whatever. Coming into style. Coming right? into style. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and then you've, of course, got the, the um, watching the river flow, episode 57 for us. You know, he's sitting there underneath the bridge where the water flowed through. I, like, I don't know. I guess I just, I trust, I have to trust, I guess is what I'm saying. I have to trust that Bob honestly believes this kind of stuff. And it's it's sort of panned out in that way that I think he didn't go back to the 60s. He didn't go back to what he was doing before. Like, I think I think it was real. You know, I, but I think the rye thing, maybe it is a little bit rye. Maybe it's a little winky. I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about this. I mean, we talked about One More Night, right, um, last season, episode 99. One more night. Is that the National Those Sky one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I consider these two of the same song. Like, Bob Dylan. This one's better. Yes. But but it's it's sort of asking the question, like, I don't, I don't know if I can ever write like I did back in the 60s. How do I make music out of, like, my daily life. Like, this is what I do now. And I think it's like an exercise, like new morning. What this is just, I'm waking up to a new morning. I love this girl that I'm next to. One more night is almost the same thing. Just about nighttime instead of morning time. (laughs) But it's like, how do I make the music? Like, I don't know. It's kind of like an exercise in like, these lyrics are going to be very simple and simplistic, but I have to make the music so dope. So good enough that it's going to carry on through. I think we agreed that One More Night sort of failed on both counts. But I think New Morning, while the lyrics are kind of silly and maybe it is a wry take, I think that the music is so earnest and wonderful that it like really elevates even this material, makes it better. That's just kind of my take. I just I don't I just can't believe that Bob would that it's just a joke, a complete I, joke. I could see why people would maybe want that to be true just as like trying to look at my own life and how I felt through the years. Like when I was a teenager and into my early twenties, I was like a shitty cynical person that would mock or do things just like, or even like ironic culture and that kind of thing. Right. Bob Dylan was the king of this too. He was the ultimate. So I could definitely see why people would think that, but I think as at least my own, again, like just growing as a person and, and trying to become, better and different and more appreciative and grateful it's like maybe he just really went to a farm and was like sure maybe it's basic af maybe it is but maybe the dude just looked around and was like wow, you know what this is pretty cool i'm having a pretty good day i'm just gonna write down how i feel today sky dope girlfriend dope bunnies dope yeah like <laughs> see the groundhog sarah you see that groundhog? do you believe this fucking stream guys fucking do you ground- see where we live running right now? through the country yeah stream, motherfucker man this must be the day that my dreams came true yeah. i've always wanted to see a fucking groundhog <laughs> shit yeah i'm so happy to be alive yeah underneath the sky blue yeah this new like yeah i love that i love that version of bob and Just you can belittle stuff. it if you want to to think that maybe that's vapid or like there's no depth to any of it but it's I think there's something to be said about being grateful for where you are in a moment in time and actually taking five seconds to appreciate the world around you. And I don't think that that's something that he's disingenuously doing in this moment. Yeah. Maybe he is. Maybe he's fooled us all. He's well, just a sarcastic, it, terrible, negative asshole and did this to to have mind readers flip out or whatever <laughs> the fuck Bob Johnston said. But I think that he's just like, hey, man, no, he's yeah. having a good day. So it's fine. It's Shining Round home running by the country stream This must be the day that all of my dreams come true So happy just to be alive Underneath the sky blue On this new 
think if, if if all of it's a lie, then the whole podcast is a lie. I mean, the reason why this is sign on the window is like I endorse this vision of the world. It's like it's just like the shelter from the storm without the weird woman, even though the woman is here, you know, smiling at you constantly, okay. having nothing else to say or do. <laughs> Vacant. But it's that idea of getting away, getting right. away from the world at large. And Bob Dylan embodies that not only in who he is as a person and the way that he's approached his own fame. But also the stuff that he writes. So if I, if you say that this is not real, then I, then sign on the window is not real. And once see the gypsy is not real. And you know, if not for you is not real, like all those songs then just are gone. Mm. Uh, they just become these cynical, weird things, manipulative, right? which I don't, I just don't want to buy and I don't believe it. I am not saying that it can't be possible, but I too do not. Yeah. Think I think it just comes down to you. I think if you were 20 years old, then this might come off as way too saccharine, way too earnest. And you're like. There's no you way know, this is real. Like, is this yeah. shit corny or is it exquisite? Yes. Right. <laughs> it's both at the very same time. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> because, yeah, just to be like, my, my dreams come true, you know? Um, yeah, I'm just so happy to be alive. Like, what a pronouncement. What a thing. And I, I guess as you get older, too, it's like, I want to feel, I want what he's having. I want that. Right. That sounds really great. Um, so I have a little thing about the music um, before we sort of, like, sort of wrap up or keep oh, going sure. uh because you again you you spent a lot of time on dirge you spent a lot of time on this mm-hmm. way more time than i did so i want to know i'm going to throw out some some music jargon and i want you to like mm-hmm. so tony atwood who runs the untold dylan blog he he will do this a lot in his writings he'll kind of look at the the structures the chord structures and like what's going on there and how it sort of impacts the music um and he'll do it for uh, laymen like me, idiots who don't know what's going on. But for you, you you know chords now. You're basically a virtuoso. <laughs> oh, so, sure, sure, right. so Tony Atwood, I'm just going to, it's kind of a longer thing, but we'll break it up as we go. So quote, first off the chords, the song is in A, and so Correct. a rotating A, D chord change as the band starts up is all we might expect. Very relaxed, <laughs> very straightforward. But then as the organ begins to have a bit more prominence, we are off. In the second line, C sharp minor appears and is followed by A7, F sharp minor, D, B minor, C sharp minor, D, E, etc. Okay, I appreciate if you are not schooled in the finer points of chord sequences, that is all gibberish. But believe me, this is unusual. Not odd, not wrong, just unusual, especially for Dylan. But whether you get the chords or not, just listen to the track and how the organ comes in during Rabbit Running Down to give you a totally different feeling from the opening. And then by the time we get to the chorus, we're rocking away, quite different from where we started and where we go back to in verse two if nothing else listen to the organ and the chorus that playing is uh talking about fun and laughter and enjoyment but then in the middle eight again a very unusual sequence of g f sharp minor g and e and then the organ is holding a chord as if it is a village chapel on a sunday so i don't know if uh if any of that made sense to you i mean i, I get when he's talking regular stuff but... yeah um some of it just like, like i'm not a music expert and i'm trying to get oh, better shit. music teams. i'm trying I mean, to hype you up it. here as a this music is why i'm expert. getting replaced uh, <laughs> by a music expert but i i do have the you bought the song book mm. from like it's what is it from 1960 to 1970 something or... yeah i think it was 75 at least um so that i could try to play uh sign the window so i could make the theme song that was right. the first time i ever in like it's it's really oh, funny God, yeah we bought that like literally maybe like five weeks into the podcast yeah but since then i've gotten a lot better about not a lot well yeah considering where i came from which was nothing a lot better about playing by ear so i was confused listening to this song because i did not consult the book as as an experiment or an exercise for myself i was like i'm gonna listen to this and try to play it by ear and then go to the book if i need to for the chords uh and i was confused like this sounds like it's an a because i was like writing down the notes and i was like it's an a that's an a and then there's a chromatic yeah little 
detour that we do. And I couldn't figure out what exactly was going on. So I just like played a single note down basically from A to G. So hitting all those notes in between, which is usually not in a scale, right? You have a certain notes that, that are whatever. There's seven, eight, no, no, ten, this ten is notes great. in a scale. I think most people don't know this. So I there's don't eight know notes this. in a scale. So if you're playing the key of C, if you're playing the C major scale, right? Yes. Oh, I always play the C major scale. That's one of the easiest ones. Like if you're looking at a piano, it's because you're hitting all the white keys in a row. There's no, the oh. black keys are sharps right. or flats, depending on the context. Uh, but this one is just all white keys in a row. So the, this scale, the, or the little thing that, the rabbit running down, yeah. you can hear it, right? Yeah, yeah. Even oh, if you yeah, don't yeah. know what's going on, you're like, dun, dun, You can dun. feel the downness. He's basically, for this analogy, hitting those black keys in between. Mm. So that's why it sounds funky. It's not right. It's, you know, in quotation marks. It's right. not right because it's not actually in the scale or in the key. But it sounds good, and it makes it makes that uneasiness, which is why that musically this it adds a layer that the lyrics do not give you at all. But right. musically, it's like oh, there is a little bit of uneasiness, and that makes it really interesting because it colors the song in a way that's like maybe like he's plastering on a smile, like he's trying. I am. Dear God, don't let the darkness back in. Well, I'm so happy. And we know that the darkness does come back yeah. in, and you know even now he was. I think he was with mistresses and some people chalk up these songs to he's actually not singing about Sarah. He's singing about another woman. Yeah, and it might be. it's again, that detachment from what we think he's singing about to who he's actually singing. This song to is not his wife, but his mistress. F- that's fucked up. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah, I love that man. Music. What a trip. I know. Music is awesome. Music is awesome. We should, we should have a podcast about it. <laughs> So in terms of the song beyond that, thank you for that because that's yeah. fucking great. I, yeah. Did you in the end go and like look up what those things like C seven? Oh yeah, those chords are beyond me. Once we started okay. adding, no, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm just gonna stick to A and D and E, and then we'll add a little bit of funness. Yeah. When I, that I. But in theory, that you, fits, that you want to know. Right. You would want to know those things. Yeah. Like F sharp minor. They're just stuff. so hard to play on the guitar. Right. It's not worth it. But that's why I would go to the, the keyboard, keyboard to do it. If I wanted to really be faithful to this song, I would put most of the the heft of the song on the keyboard. Yeah. And then just that's why I just simplified it. I was like, I'm gonna pick three chords. Yeah. And make it sound kind of kind of right. Which is dope. And that's that's all we can super ask for. So any any final thoughts on on this song? Or does it work in twenty twenty? Oh my god, I would say yes. I know we're not supposed to talk about the playlist only because Lisa Loeb does a cover of this song, and it's the cutest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. It's and like, talk about you hear her sing that, and there's no take. It is earnest. It is adorable, and she is definitely happy about the bunnies. You she know is, what I mean? And she's definitely singing for kids. It's yeah. a kid song. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah, what it is. And I think it's great. Yeah. I think it it works if you if you feel if you could lower yourself to be basic and just appreciate simple things in life. I think that this will always be relevant and sound good. And I do think it, it could fit in the pop canon today with yeah. the horns. Like you beef it, beef it up a little bit. We're going to add some like different drums and like give it a little yeah. more of it. Not dance straight up, but like, you know, like more of a driving beat. Yeah. Then it's a pop song. I think that this is a song that's going to be revisited for all of the moments in, you know, American cultural history where we sort of go through sort of we, we sort of come back to the city, if you will, and we get involved in that and then eventually things are something big is going to happen something seismic will happen at some point and people are going to then revert away and it's this constant back and forth and new right. morning is a great song for like leaving the city behind right so it, it wouldn't be great for like i want to go back to maybe creating mass culture or whatever but like the moment when artists are like i need to get away from the the 
the the mass culture and I need to start making my own thing. This is a perfect song for that. I think a lot of people try to imbue a lot of stuff into a romanticism. I've seen tra- uh, transcendentalism just because oh. of the 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 nature aspects of it. I love the nature aspects of it, but I think it's pretty light on this because I think it's just kind of funny that there's like an automobile and like the groundhog. It's it's all just very silly, mm-hmm. but it really again reinforces the uneasiness of the of the music, which is amazing. Um, it's like him sort of saying, I don't know if I can write like I did in the 1960s before. Can I still be a musician? Right. Like even with watching the river flow, it's like, can I still be a part of the river? Am I a part of the river? Like you're just kind of questioning what you're doing. And it's like, how do I make the mundane sublime? Like I think Dirge is a perfect example in a couple of years where he makes that sublime real. Like that song is so beautiful and wonderful and um is dealing with the fiberglass city. So we're back to the city. We're away from the country. So I don't know what that means in relation to the music, but eventually we're going to get to blood on the tracks, which is like sublimity distilled. Like the whole, all these ideas are coming to a head and they're going to be in blood on the tracks. One of the greatest records of all time. So a lot of these ideas are just kind of like, you know, getting ready for stuff. Uh, Bob Dylan said at the end of his chapter on new morning, he said, quote, to be sure the album itself. And you know, we've talked about Bob taking the song and making it the album name and sort of like what that means for him. So I think this is relevant for him, even though we're not talking about the album. He said, quote, to be sure, the album itself had no specific resonance to the shackles and bolts that were strapping the country down, nothing to threaten the status quo. All this was all this was in what the critics would later refer to as my middle period, and in what many camps this record was referred to as my comeback album. And it was. It was the first of many. And for me, this is an all-timer. Like, it's been supplanted by songs like resuscitation of the year by the flatliners uh home away from here by touche amore the silence between by red city radio this is the song that maybe it's not number one when i'm driving out you know when you get away from somewhere and you're like i'm starting over this is a new life it's maybe not the first song that you want to hear but like this is a song that you could play this born to run is another example of like you you can sing that song sitting at your office cubicle in your head and it doesn't really mean much, but then you're out on the open road away and you could have tears streaming down your face. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. one of those types of songs. And I think new morning's a, a sneaker. It's one that you probably don't think that much about, but when you're singing it in a different context, I think this has all the difference. So happy just to be alive underneath the sky of blue on this This new morning with you Kelly, did you know that we're a real podcast? Yes. After 101 fucking episodes, you better <laughs> fucking know. You can follow us intermittently on Twitter, on Facebook, I guess, Instagram. You know, these things I haven't updated in so long. I'm so sorry. At <laughs> uh, SOTW Pod everywhere. Um, but you can you can search right now and see that my playlist is kept clean. Uh, there's about 25 people that are following along. Oh, so nice. I appreciate that. We change that for every time we're doing the episodes. Uh, it's sort of in a real time 
world for, uh, we try to keep it as real time with the podcast, even though we're a little bit recording a little bit early, but not too much earlier, just maybe a week or two earlier. Um, and if you want to search for old playlists, you can search SOTW at the front of whatever song you love and see if we've made a playlist about it and you can get a cool hour of some great fucking music. Yeah. All right, Kelly, the time has finally come. We listened to New Morning this week and we loved it. We had a great time with it. We've learned a lot about ourselves, but you can learn so much from just listening to our playlist. That is true. This week, welcome back to the playlist, The Weekend. Yeah. For the first time since episode 75, The Bee Gees, which we'll talk about in a moment. First time, they have been on the thing before. Uh, Started a Joke was on our Joker Man episode. Uh, a band called Radiohead, I guess, has shown up nine <laughs> times now. Uh, Placebo, this is a third time. Rancid, the second time. Brockhampton, the second time. Welcome to the playlist for the first time. Juice Newton. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Lisa Loeb for the first time. Uh, amazingly, Van Morrison for the first time after 101 episodes. It's crazy. Uh, Dua Lipa and Role Model. Uh, this, this, I love this playlist. I thought it was it's really short good. Short and sweet. This is one short, of the shortest sweet. ones you've ever done. The cover, I didn't realize Lisa Loeb was going to be the cover. Uh, she's, you know, really earnest in her singing of it. It's like a, it's a, child, a children's song. It is. That whole album is. It's yeah, like yeah. It's kind of I, you can songs. tell the the vibe. And I think she covers a few more Bob Dylan songs. She so. What's her main song? Um, nope, nope, stop. That's torn. Um, wait, you got to give me something because I know this. And I'm like very sad that I can't just I know. pull it. I really should have um, looked it up before. Isn't it I Miss You? Yes, yes, yes miss you so i yes. turn the radio on i turn the radio off and i sing what singing my song but very sad because there's something 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 that's not yeah 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 there's like a joke on some oh it's in like one of those singing movies with anna kendrick one of them starts singing the song and literally everyone knows all the words because that song is so embedded in america that's oh you say i only hear what i, I want, want to. to i don't want listen hard i don't pay attention to the distance that you're running to anyone anywhere don't understand if you really care. I'm only hearing negative. No, 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 no. That song. Incredible. Yeah. Because uh, everyone knows those words. Yeah. Well, I love it too when they make uh, like lyrics dialogue too, when they're just like having an earnest like conversation mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they'll take like that, those lines and just like say them. Yeah. Like, it's a very like all. talky kind of song. Yeah. And then you don't realize till like it starts going on for a while. You're like, wait, this is a you're just saying the lyrics of the song <laughs> and pretending like you're making a point right now. What is going on? Those are always very funny. Hey, Lisa Lope. I'm surprised she hasn't been on the uh, the radio. Yeah, that that and Van Morrison are my two. Like, what the fuck? Juice Newton. I I know why she hasn't been on there, but damn, that song's a fucking. She's been banger. on our Buffy oh. podcast, and I'm gonna need you to put that quote on this little thing right now. What quote? It's very Juice Newton in oh. Band Candy when they when a child steals the jacket for Joyce. Shit, did I say? I don't even know if I saved it. I wouldn't have even oh, thought I, of it. Oh, I don't know. Maybe if you saved it, yeah, you might not have. But we did talk about it. And we played that song in the episode. Did we really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that episode. That's the only reason I know. Just come. Yeah. Well, that and Shaggy kind of covered it, right? Don't make me do the voice again. You all got really mad when I did the voice. Shalom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's weird. <laughs> Oh God! This is like a flashback. I know. I hate it. <laughs> Fuck! I didn't even make that noise. Uh, I've never heard of Role Model. Uh, Dua Lipa, her new roles are like. Oh, Dua Lipa's super popular. Yeah, she really had a moment that. in 2018. I want to say 2017. Yeah, 2018. her roles are just like can't. One something with a my step man. into the door. No, it's not that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, the Radiohead song is really good. God, we're really getting good Radiohead songs. I like it. It's not. 
you know, the big ones. Like, sure. they did, they're nice anchoring things. Oh, I'm on never going to throw creep on a playlist. No, no, not I, that we ever would because I don't think Bundle is a song with the word creep in it. No, I don't think so. That placebo song is fucking dope. Oh, so that was their. That one of my favorite songs. Their biggest this year. hit, was it? No. I don't know. That was definitely one of the singles on the album, but yeah, it's incredible. Oh. I love that song, and I'm really glad that I was able to see them twice. I didn't know that. I, I've heard it before. Yeah. Did not know it was them, and I was like, what year is this? Oh, my God. My 1997 playlist is popping immediately, which I'm not there yet. I'm still in 1970s. Um, a friend in need, a friend indeed. My Japanese is better. Rancid, our second Rancid as well. New Dress. I love that song a lot. I love Rancid a lot. They're really good. Mm-hmm. Um, any basses out there, I would say. Oh my God. It's a challenging, not only a challenging baseline for that, but just in general. Rancid. Never not challenging. I mean, really he's always good. cited as one of the, because it's, it's not Tim that plays the bass, is it? No, no, no. It's uh, Matt. Oh, no. my God. Well, we got Matt it from Rancid. Matt Freeman, yeah. Yeah, Matt Freeman. Yeah, Lars and um, and Tim on the, uh, and I think the drummer's gone now. So Matt Freeman is the best bass player out there. Oh, he was in Op Ivy, too. So that's why Op Ivy was great. Shit. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fucking great. Maxwell Murder is like the one. Uh, yeah. BGs, you had a moment with the BGs this this week. I became you were infuriated, fucking pissed, because I discovered that the BGs are not from America. Yeah, something that everyone else has known for sixty years, 50 which years? now makes a lot more sense. So we probably Joker Man was during Music Video Month. We probably saw the BGs on our playlist because we watched the music video with the BGs, which was very it had to be in America, right? Yeah, it was. It was in like an amusement park in America. Yeah, and it was like the it hadn't opened yet, so it was like this dystopian vibe. It's them standing in the fucking windows, right. just standing, popping up, standing and, stuff. and talking. Weird, absolutely bizarre. But this song, this song was really good. Um, but they're not; they're British, bro. I know. I got so mad. I got so mad. That's it. And then the weekend, uh, it's funny, the weekend we had a trivia. I know. One, you know, maybe two months ago or something like that, that was like, this is all the weekend themed. And we're like, what? Shit. What do we even know? Every about song the I've ever heard of his has been a banger for what oh, it's this worth. Is our, this Everything is so good. And he's definitely worth listening to. I just, another one of those, just haven't had the time. Yeah, but all the questions were like, he, everything about his personal life. I'm right. like, I don't even know what his real name is. <laughs> yeah. like, what am I going to do here? Right. Like, if we're talking about the trilogy or whatever, like, okay, maybe I can like, I remember some song titles, but trivia. Nah, yeah, no get way. out of here. Anyways, love this uh, playlist. Uh, total. So Kelly, let's talk about our recommendations. All right, Kelly, we were also people in the world this week. It's not just a new morning on 2020, but a new morning on this podcast and on us and what we're doing, we stopped recording last year around November. So we've been off now for uh, Thanksgiving, for Christmas, and we're into 2020. Uh, what have we been doing? And instead of looking at stuff this year in terms of what we enjoyed for the week or so that we've been doing it, what do we recommend people to go out immediately upon listening this to this and do? Hmm. Not really like what did we do, but what should you do? 
what should you do? Which is kind of the same, but we're just going to make it forceful and we're going to talk to the, the person you right now listening. You, we're going to say you go get this thing. Go listen to this thing. Well, since I was totally prepared for this, I am uh, ready to, to do just that. Good. Um, because 2019 just ended. It is over. Right. Uh, and it is the season of looking back on the past. Tis the season ended three months ago. I've been in a little bubble of, I just need to re-listen to everything I've always listened to a million times. Or like, I'm just going to listen to Dumb Gay Politics, all of it, all again. I'm just going to listen to Minus, uh, Minus Bear. Uh, that was uh, last year. My dad wrote a porno all over again. Just right. going to keep, just going to keep doing that on a loop until I feel better. Yeah. Uh, I will update you on if that happens. But in that vein, yes. I just let the Spotify do the work for me as far as my recommendations. And I'm going to tell you my top 10 artists of the last five years. Hell yeah. And you should go do listen to those things. Right now, immediately, you. Daniel, as Daniel said, you. Do that right now. We're on the same wavelength. Really? Let's go. Nice. Uh, some obvious ones. Bonobo. Nine Inch Nails. Hop Along. Minus the Bear. Slater Kinney. Drake. Kyle Dixon, who is the guy that did the music for Stranger Things. Apparently, is my top. Okay. <laughs> uh, Vampire Weekend. Black Moth Super Rainbow, which yeah. I'm like, forgot was even a band until I looked at that. I was like, oh yeah, this is great. We, they were on our playlist this no less than three times so far. And then Bob Dylan, skewing the fucking stats. Oh yeah. So there you go. Well, you can skip on the last one. Yeah. I don't think that's a point. So go listen to any So you say those that artists? those were influential, what, over the last five year or five years? Yeah. Holy shit. And accurate. I would say that, like, I definitely have listened to You probably to wouldn't put Bob on there as like a... I don't think Bob counts. Yeah, yeah I don't think Bob counts either. Yeah. <laughs> it really fucks everything up. Yeah. I mean, Bob, for me, even on Last FM, is just 4,000 above number two, right. which is, <laughs> right. uh, I think, Sufjan or Propagandi, one of the one of the two. And they're at like 2,500. And Bob's at 6,600. Mm-hmm. Or 1,000, sorry. 6,066. 6, wow. Jeez. Losing so, yeah, that, that's my list. Bit. I know I blew through it, but that's all I got for you, okay? Unless you want to go listen to My Dad Wrote a Porno again. I do want. We're gonna be. We're gonna be seeing my dad wrote a porn. I soon. know, and March, it ended. We want. We ended that. I don't know if we talked about it. See, it's been so long now. We're recording this in February, right before we put out New Morning. So I, I don't. It feels like a long time ago. I know. Kelly feels like a long time ago. Yeah. I also did something similar to you. Nice. I did. Uh, I was going to bring it up, uh, you know, in December when we recorded our um, our year end stuff. And but the year the, had not yet ended. Well, yeah, okay? but it was the end of 2019. It was the end of the decade. So I did my my top 10 of the decade list, nice. sort of pulling from the same sources and stuff. But just what are my favorite albums? What are big things that influence me? Um, so I'm going to go through those really quickly as well. Uh, number 10, Sufjan, Carrie and Lowell, 2015. Uh, Against Me, Transgender Dysmorphia Blues. What an iconic record for us. Mm-hmm. Here, seeing her live in 2014 was fucking still one of the best shows I've ever been to uh, a Wilhelm scream party crasher. I cannot wait for their new record. A lot of these, they just haven't come out with new albums. Flatliners cavalcade. They're celebrating their 10th year, 10 year anniversary. Uh, this year, I, this record was so important to me in 2010 and the flatliners are one of my favorite bands. Uh, a lot, uh, lot of dispute rooms of the house, 2014 as well. Number six, toss man on earth, the wild hunt from 2010. My favorite. Tallest Man on Earth record still. Smith Street Band, Throw Me in the River, 2014. Super important record for me. Mensikers, On the Impossible Past, 2012. My number three. Number two, Iron Sheik, The Constant One. Kind of uh, throwing it out there, right? Maybe you don't know about Iron Sheik. Uh, This is probably one of the finest albums I've ever heard in my life. It's straight front to back, punk, perfect. Every song is perfect. Every song is different. So good. My favorite album of the 2010s, again, no Bob Dylan excluded for all of this. 
Bomb the music industry, vacation. Keep going back, always and always. And I also want to throw an honorable mention out to Thrice. Uh, they had an album called Beggars from 2009. That was my uh, Lawrence. Uh, when I lived in Kansas, I bumped the shit out of that one. And whenever I hear it, I'm like, this is good. They're good. <laughs> They're good. And yeah, we actually listened to a little bit of Thrice. Yeah. You didn't know who Thrice. They really, sound like a different band literally every time. Every album too is yeah, different. I so this, I think you would, this, from this the, era right here, I think you would like that. My new gag, instead of being like, is this Bob Dylan? It's going to be like, is this Thrice? Is this band thrice? That's good. I can't wait for that gag to keep going. <laughs> All right, Kelly. That was New Morning. And now the song is over. But season four is still a new morning for our podcast. Kelly, mm-hmm. this is the time that we pick next week's episode. Yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. It's too hard. Picking numbers. Picking, picking numbers. Picking numbers. I mean, I guess we should doing. still pick songs. I mean, ideally, we wouldn't pick songs anymore either. Well, fair enough. If we were to stop <laughs> picking songs and numbers... In your head, where does that where does that put us? What would what would next week look like? Like Bob Dylan himself, the songs would just come to us, and whatever wow <laughs> operated. So for us. someone like you, who again has listened to roughly one hundred songs, mm-hmm. you think that a song was just going to come? It's just going to come to you. Yeah. A new song that you've never heard I of or had I any could idea. Put that a collection of words together, and at one point, they will be a Bob Dylan song. Ah, okay. So you want to like, oh, so you instead of picking numbers, something really simple that most mm-hmm. human beings, you now mm-hmm. want to have uh, basically like a database where you like a word input scramble. a number, yeah, or a, you put input a yeah words. Word, yeah. So you want the word like jog. Mm, I feel like that's not going to be in there. Funnily, okay. Enough. So you would go for I something think you I know think enough, Bob. Like, Night's going to be in there. Night's that's a good one. Okay. Um, you. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Uh, and what else do we got? Well, Joker. Joker. <laughs> famously is about four Joker songs. So anybody right now who is familiar with Bob Dylan is thinking, um, yeah, we, we've maybe got about four or five songs. You Joker tonight. In there. Yeah. You Joker tonight, right? Yeah. That's uh, the next, going to be the next song. But get, but then you're leaving out the other 390. No, no, no. So, you no, Joker tonight. No, 399 songs Back. that you're missing. So Kelly, one out of 399. Is what I'm looking for. You say you don't want to pick a number. So what's no. the plan? You know why? Because it's really disheartening to be wrong all the time. And it's like mentally taxing somehow to think of a different number. Thank God I'm not penalized for picking the same number more than once. Because I'm sure I pick 301 every time. I feel like that's the number I always go to. It's mathematically so instead, true. Instead, I'm going to put the labor on our non-sponsor rate, random.org. That's Whoa. Right. You're picking from random.org. I'm picking from random.org. Whoa. It's like a dueling random.org. It's except dual. yours is unsponsored. Ours is mine is sponsored. Right. Yes. That's, no, that's, that's still untrue. Work. It's still 100% not true. Oh, it's not yeah. true. Okay. So we're still not sponsored by random.org, yeah. even though we use random.org religiously. It's true. And now we're using it twice. Look at the versatility of random.org. <laughs> random.org for your true random numbers. Oh, Kelly, one out of 399. That's right. We're under the 400 mark for the very first time. What you got? 297. 
Per random.org. Oh, thanks, random.org. I should just be asking them. 297. All right, Kelly. 297 in a different world. Episode one of 102. 297 would have been excellent. I would have really enjoyed it a lot. Well, um, you can take it up with random.org. <laughs> nice. So you are just like, you have no culpability for, <laughs> for right. being wrong. I'm not going to do that. You, by saying the number, you are liable for okay. the number. Sure. Uh, Working Man's Blues number two. Uh, off of modern Damn, times. blues. Why didn't I say the word blues? Yeah, very <sighs> shit. tough look for you. No, it was actually number one. Oh, like number one. Number one. Like just one. One. Just one. If you picked one to be cheeky this time, you would have been right. And it would have blown up 100 numbers on either side of one. <laughs> you know, the negative numbers that we have. <laughs> no, Kelly, we're going to an album for the first time in season Four. four. Mm-hmm. I almost said two. In season four. And guess what album it's going to be? We're going to stick in 1970. You know, we just did New Morning. Mm-hmm. We're going to do Self-Portrait. Oh, isn't that bad? It's uh, unheralded. Is unheralded. it bad? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're just going to we're gonna do it. We're going to do Self-Portrait, get it out of the way. I think it'll give a, a nice basis for a lot of the songs that... Um, it's all covers. So, I mean, we're, okay. we, we're not going to go deep into the songs. We're going to talk more about Self-Portrait itself and just why he did it. Um, and we can kind of compare it to, you know, in season one, we listened to triplicate just oh, sure. these, yeah. this idea of like, this is the music that he enjoys and listens to. Um, is it from like the same time period? Triplicate? No, no, uh, self-portrait. Is it like all forties and fifties standards? Oh no, no. It's, oh. I mean, some of it's, uh, like modern songs, some of but it's the, older, but no, no, he doesn't know why he picked them. Yeah. Of. And he doesn't go back that far even like he goes back to more like blues and, and that kind of stuff, like more obscure. Okay. Like I feel like the standards are like the standard American notebook right, or right. songbook or whatever. So anyways, self-portrait, we're going to dive into 1970. We have had a uh, woogie boogie off of it. Oh, right, um, yeah. I think that might be the only one, maybe the one or one. Oh no. Days of 49 is on there as well. So we'll get to, what was the, what was the meme for um, days of 49? It was like, the Jingle Jangle Crew or something like that. Oh, right. Yeah, shit. That's very funny. I feel like we need to... I mean, I did so much work for that episode and I don't even remember it. Oh my God, you did. Oh, I never... all the bills. I know. Oh my God, the bills. (laughs) Don't worry about it. I was dreaming about bills. For the first time, we're going back to Days of 49. Kelly, you did so much work. I did. On that. Maybe we'll just replay it in full. Your entire intro. I was going to make a video for it back in the day. This was episode 10. When we were ambitious, when we were young and ambitious. Oh, episode 10. Uh, Yeah, we had so many dreams back then. (laughs) Uh, Excellent episode. So I think we'll play that, maybe put some music underneath of it or something. But uh, I love that episode, Jolly Saucy Crew. I can't wait to return to them. And maybe there's more. Maybe there's a thread that we don't even know about. Maybe there's more Jolly Saucy Crew members hiding out in self-portrait. I think that's something to look for. So, Kelly, we're going to get into a record for the first time in a while. I don't. Our very first uh, album since Empire Burlesque. Damn. So 66. Well, we can only go up from there. You can only go up from there. So you <laughs> want to talk about unheralded. That's better than being universally panned. Yes, so yes. we're not really we're not really getting the, the best albums here. Of all the ones I want, I'm not getting any of them. Kelly, prepare to be disappointed. Even just a little bit. Well, I'm excited to count the bills. I'm going to be looking for bills through the whole album. Bam. Jolly Salsa Crew, Bills. We'll see you next week. Self-Portrait. Oh, my God. Let's do it. Build you a fire with hickory Hickory ash and old Don't use no green or rotten wood In 
by the smoke. We'll just lay. 